Notebook. Check. Pen. Check. Introduction to the episode. Hey, welcome to Elevate Ordinary. We're talking about uh, to-do lists today. Check. Well, hello and welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi. And I'm Teresa Grodi. And we're back with another conversation about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty. We're glad to have you with us today. Today, we're starting with something very ordinary. To-do lists is what we're going to talk about today. We have some some thoughts on to-do lists and virtues and vices, as always. But before we get into those, I want to tell you, uh, encourage you to become part of the Awakened Nation. If you are uh, if you like what we're doing here at Awakened Catholic or on this show, Elevate Ordinary, uh, become a partner in our mission of sharing truth through beauty by going to awakencatholic.org slash donate. We really appreciate that. Also download the app, theawakenapp.io. It's the best way to follow Awakened Catholic content, interact with show hosts and fellow members of the community as well as get some special stuff if you uh, can find your way to supporting the apostolate. We really appreciate that. And finally, download the Hallow app at hallow.app slash awaken. You get a free subscription to it as well as you support uh, our apostolate. And it's a great app for your prayer life, a great way to carve out the time of the day and to be to kind of have some training wheels to help you really get into a better place in your prayer life, your relationship with God. So check that out. Have you ever dreamed of visiting Paris in the fall? Seeing the beautiful Eiffel Tower lit up by a sunset, visiting and venerating holy locations of the sister saints of France in the Sioux, Paris, Lourdes, and more. This fall 2021, join select international tours with Claire Swinarski and Catherine Whitaker, along with a host of other powerful Catholic women on a once-in-a-lifetime Seine River cruise pilgrimage in France. Join our friends at Select International Tours and Cruises. With over 34 years of experience, they are the perfect company to help you experience pilgrimage. To learn more, visit selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. Bon voyage! We want to talk about uh, to-do lists today, making lists, uh, looking ahead, making a plan. I've got a lot of thoughts on that, but um, I thought we maybe we'd start by... Uh, 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 well, you had an anecdote. You wanted to share a little bit of a, something happened lately that got, got us thinking about this. Yeah. So do I seem like a checklist organized kind of person to I, you, I, audience? I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So no, I am not a checklist, write down a schedule kind of person. I've never have been. Um, I like to think of myself as like a, a fairy flitting around <laughs> <laughs> doing whatever Don't I like want. I like unschooling. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like um, doing whatever I feel. Spontaneity. Spontaneity. There it is. You're, there it you're is. very spontaneous. Um, so we have five kids. We homeschool mm-hmm. five kids. I stay at home. Um, I have a part-time job and various other things that I am a part of and I run and whatever. And still somehow in my brain, I think that I can just get it all done without a schedule or having any kind of like idea of where I'm going. So something happened over the course of this winter um, that really helped me realize why I need a schedule. So this thing that occurred is something that has happened many times in my past, but I've never actually been able to like put it to words or recognize the habit. So around Christmas time, 
I like to cozy in, you know. Mm. I like to um, set the Christmas table, do the Christmas traditions. I really love staying home. We always stay home for Christmas. We don't travel anywhere else. Like we're around our Christmas tree in our home. And then I like the day after where like nobody's doing anything and we're all just opening, you know, like playing with our gifts and cuddling around. Um, and then winter happens. We live in a place where we get a lot of snow. So snow happens and cold happens and we stay inside and we get all snuggly. And for some reason, when we stay inside, we get all snuggly and we cut out social engagements. That is like, for me, I'm like, oh, I don't need to write down what I need to do today. I don't need to write down uh, things I need to get done because we're just snuggling in and I'm home and I'll see things that need to be done and I'll do them. So this winter, <laughs> um, we did our feast day, which I we're supposed to feast and we're supposed to Sabbath and we're supposed to have days where... We don't do things and we do enjoy carefree timelessness and spontaneity and whatever. Um, but that just dragged on for months. <laughs> and I didn't write down lists. I didn't look at my schedule. We were just kind of flying by the seat of our pants, adding social engagements and things. And I started to say this thing to you. And I kept repeating it over and over <laughs> at different times where I was just like, I literally just stay in this room all day. I'm only in this room all day meaning our kitchen is essentially our open concept kitchen. Mm. You know, I can't leave this room because the baby. And I, I repeated this for like months, okay? And then saying like, I feel like I can never get anything done. I'm not getting anything done. The baby keeps me from getting things done. Mm. <laughs> Just little by little, I'm like repeating these things until I really started to have intense feelings of anxiety, like intense, recognizable, like I've had in the past, like muscle twitches and like little things like in my body. And I just kept feeling like I was more and more paralyzed. Like I can really only do things in this one room, in this one room. And I kept like focusing on this one room. And then one night in the middle of the night, I woke you up and I like just unloaded everything. I was like, there's all this stuff that I never get done. And David like has a death wish and I have to follow him around. That's our 18 month old. I have to follow him around all day and make sure he doesn't die. And I can't get anything done. And John Mark got me up in the middle of the night. He listened to all that, everything. And he was like, let's get up and walk around the house and make a checklist of all the things that stress you out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's not what we need. <laughs> We need a solution for David. And he's like, okay, well, on the checklist, David, solution for David. And then yeah. we went around the house and I made a check in the middle of the night. This is the middle of the night. Yeah. And one of those, <laughs> you should see my checklist. Yeah. One of the things on my checklist was like crappy plastic linen <laughs> crap tub. <laughs> yeah. Very descriptive. It yeah. was a very angry list, but... It was a list. You you take yeah. over the rest of the story. But it was a, so, it was a it was a good experience, and we've we've had this. experience. Well, what did we do the next day, though? Well, what did we do the next day? Oh, the we had a, day, we had a meeting to talk through the list. So we wrote down yeah. we wrote down the list in the middle of the night yeah. when I was stressed out. Mm -hmm. But then you said, "Let's set a date, and we're going to have a couple meeting, and we're mm -hmm. going to get a bunch of junk food, a bunch of snacks, and we're going to sit together, <laughs> or, or and we're going to go exactly, through this but, list, <laughs> and we're going to divide it that's up." How it worked out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And we did. And the next day when we got all of our junk food and we sat down and we went through our lists and we divvied up the lists. And I mean everything. Everything was like the roof is leaking here. And, you know, we're never going to get to this particular thing. And there's a and spot on the wall that's been bugging me. And I, you know, yeah. All these like, so everything, everything that bothered me. 
and we divvied it up. And the next couple days, like I felt such a relief. Like I, I began, like, I think that next day I checked 12 things off of that checklist mm in the space of like a couple hours, including calling repairmen that I had been watching our dryer almost catch fire for like two years. And so one of the things was like, call a dryer repairman. And he was there in two hours. And then our dryer was like no longer a fire hazard. You know, um, I was surprised how quickly that turned into productivity and how when I had looked at those things before and just thought, I never have enough time. I can never leave this room. I can never whatever. Um, they quickly became something that I could, I could check off and handle. Right. Yeah. So from that experience, we, we were talking, so after the whole experience, we talked a lot about it afterwards and just about how, you know, there's a lot of things going on there, you know, um, and this isn't just as, as simple as, you know, make a, make a to-do list and get more things done. It's, it's not just about being more productive. There's a lot going on in that, that simple anecdote. You know, one of the things that came out of it is just recognizing how we can bottle up uh, feelings and impressions and things that are bugging us, but never really verbalize them to another person or even to ourselves enough to to the point where we can be practical with them. You know, like, um, again, a, a similar practice that I've often done on my own, uh, Teresa, is that, you know, when I've, I realize that I kind of go through a week or a day and sometimes I've accumulated a lot of loose ends, a lot of stressors that I'm not consciously thinking about, mm -hmm. but they're all there in the back of my head, you know. You know, all the little things that, that in the moment uh, bothered me, but I didn't really get to process because in that moment I had to continue dealing with the kids or doing my work or whatever. And sometimes, you know, my prayer is simply to go in the presence of God and just write, just ask myself the question, like, what are all the little things that are nagging me and bothering me? And sometimes when I write them down, uh, some of them, it, as soon as I actually get them out there where I can look at them, uh, the the solution becomes... Uh, more clear. But even if not, the point is suddenly they've become a conscious prayer, whereas before they were an unconscious worry. And our Lord commands us not to worry. I mean, that's one of his directives in the New Testament is you, you, you should not worry. Do not worry. Do not be, do not worry about tomorrow. And so sometimes we need to, we need to make this conscious mental ex exercise of bringing these subconscious worries or conscious worries and actually consciously bring them into prayer, bring them into a place of prudence where we can do something about them. Now, in the context, another thing about this particular anecdote uh, that we realized after the fact is that this becomes even more important when you're married, when you're in a relationship where you are called to work at this together. You know, my, my feelings, my anxieties are not supposed to just be mine. They are something that we're supposed to work at together. That the home uh, is our common project. Even my work is to some degree our common project because this this is our life. We're doing this together. And so um, it's so easy, especially when you're busy, for those to increasingly become your own two little worlds. And then how do you get back uh, to a place of, of synchronization? Well, sometimes it happens because you have a fight, you know, or, you know, all the steam comes out, you know, someone explodes. But um, one thing we discovered recently was that, okay, well, if we if we sit down and we make those lists, all the little things that are nagging me, not making the list with necessarily an eye right now to how I'm going to fix this, just the list where I put down all the little things that I uh, that are that are bugging me, all my goals, my hopes, my dreams, my worries, put them all down there. Then we were able to come together and begin to talk talk about those in the light of day. 
Yeah, and I, yeah. I want to mention too that I hated yeah. the meeting at the beginning. <laughs> I hated it, and I was like already drained at the beginning of it, and I was like, I don't even want to talk about any of these things. And you're like, come on, eat another nacho. <laughs> We're gonna start, you know, yeah. divvying up the tasks. So it didn't feel good. None of this felt good to me. Yeah. All of it felt, you know, my crappy plastic, stupid linen crap tub, <laughs> whatever I, whatever I yeah. hated about it at the time. None of it felt good. Yeah. Um, but kind of like on The Office, we've mm -hmm. done an episode on The Office before. I'll link it below. Um, <laughs> but in The Office, when Jim, or no, when Pam and Michael start their own paper company, yeah, and like there's this brilliant episode oh, where well, I didn't think about that. Michael list, yeah. loses it at the beginning. Oh, I didn't think of the list either. Michael loses it at the beginning. What did I do? I just I you can't believe we did mistake. this. It was a terrible mistake. And Pam's like, let's make a list of things. We <laughs> I can't believe I didn't even think of the list yeah, when I went the here. List, huh? But then at the end of the episode. Pam is like, what did I do? I sat three feet away from my fiance and I had this great, I had health benefits and I did this stupid thing. And, and Michael's like, all right, let's, let's, you know, like he yeah. calms her down. And I think in marriage, a lot of times, like that's your job when the other person is losing it. Your job is to be the one that's like, all right, I'm not going to lose it yeah. right now. We're going to, I'm thinking more clearly than she is. So yeah. We're going to think through this. And again, whether that list is, is done verbally or on paper, again, part especially when you're working with another person, to get that stuff out where you both can look at it allows that person to maybe see it a different way that you, that you do. You've been carrying that in your heart. And it may – this is something I've discovered as a husband. I, and I actually think that there's some providence here. I think God maybe sometimes intentionally perhaps withholds graces for us from one mm -hmm. or the other of a spouse in marriage to make you go out of yourself and yep. connect with the other person. I've had yeah. I've had issues in my in my life as we've been married but that I've wrestled with and I've worried over and, and they have just seemed like dead ends mm -hmm. for days or weeks or months on end. And I finally concede and, okay, I'll tell – Teresa about this thing that's been bugging me and then she has an answer and she is brilliant but I don't think it's necessarily because she's brilliant I think it's partially it's because God was waiting for me to come out of myself yeah. so that we could work on it together yeah and yeah. similarly like sometimes I don't want to paint women in a way that's anti-feminist but I'm going to sometimes my hysteria <laughs> sometimes my hysteria is such a gift to our marriage hmm. Sometimes I like have so many because women, I think, sometimes are more intuitive. OK, we yeah. intuit a ton of things yeah. and we see broad pictures. But sometimes sometimes I can't put all the strings together and make them make sense in my head. Yeah. And sometimes it's just too much. And, right. I, and I get like I freak out yeah. or like I can't understand. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that those particular times that I have just lost it. Mm -hmm have been a gift to you mm -hmm. in your husbandhood, your husbandry? husbandness. <laughs> husbandry is raising cattle. Uh, whatever. The point is, yes. Cattle was another episode. <laughs> we talked about cattle in another episode. I'll yes. link it below. <laughs> cattle and grass. That was a good time. Good times. But no, the, the gift of the freak out. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times is what pulls you out of yourself, out of your comfort zone, out of your life outside of our home and pulls you back into our home yeah. and says, I need as a, I need to be present to my wife. I need to be present to the situation. Um, yeah. And so I, I agree that I think God sometimes withholds grace mm -hmm. 
from one or the other of us yeah. or withholds vision or doesn't lift the veil right. so that the veil can be lifted by the other person. Well, he also designed us, again, in that particular way. Men and women are different. We do think in a little bit different ways. We perceive, we encounter things, we approach things in different ways. And again, there's 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 no easy universality here. You know, there's always going to be exceptions or there's going to be nuances. But the point is in any marriage between uh, the husband and the wife, there's going to be there's going to be these differences that are complementary when they're engaged, mm-hmm. and it take, it doesn't mean that the complementarity uh, makes it like somehow super easy. Like it can be messy, but there's a complementarity there in the way that you mm-hmm. see things a little differently, you approach things, you react to things a little differently. That if those are engaged, that's where this this um, this real partnership that God has for you. You. Yeah, you. You know you've always wanted to go to Paris. Well, now's your chance. If you go with Select International Tours, the sponsor of today's Awakened Catholic Show episode, you can join Claire Swinarski from the Catholic Feminist Podcast, as well as author and speaker Catherine Whitaker, along with a host of other powerful Catholic women on a once-in-a-lifetime Seine River cruise pilgrimage in France. Visit and venerate the Sister Saints of France in Lisieux, Paris, Lourdes, and more. Sacre bleu! Learn more by visiting selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. But back to the checklist. Yeah, I mean. Prudence. Yeah, another, yeah so uh, if we cast these as we, we'd like to do in, in terms of the, the virtues here, you know, one of the places that um, the checklist, again, like whether or not you're doing a to-do list on paper or on your phone or whatever, this notion of looking ahead and, you know, with with the universal principles in mind, with, you know, this knowledge of, who I am and where I came from and where I'm destined for in mind, those ultimate uh, last end things in mind, on a day-to-day basis, on a moment-to-moment basis, prudence, this virtue of turning to reality and making a decision, involves looking ahead a little bit. It involves looking at my day. And, you know, Kess is in, in uber practical terms. I think, you know, one of the, the, the cycles that I think every Christian has to be has to, one of the routines every Christian has to have in their life to, in some form, to some degree, is this on the daily cycle of getting up and having the heroic moment, that, that placing ourselves in the presence of God and looking ahead and saying, okay, 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 God, what do you have for me today? And we take stock of our responsibilities and our, our tasks or, or what we expect to come from the day ahead. And we, we have that moment of being in the presence of God, but also priming our hearts to receive both what we expect out of the day, but also what we don't expect, you know. And then on the other end of the day, the, you know, the notion of, of making an exam and looking back through the day, how did things go? How did my plan shake out? What, what of the things that I expected did I actually accomplish? And where, where were those moments that I was not ready for the unexpected? Mm-hmm. You know, where did I fail? Where did I fall short? Or how did things impact me that I, if I reflect on that, I can plan differently the next day? God gives us this amazing cycle in the day um, that we can work with. Uh, we can co- cooperate with God's grace in, in our, our salvation, in our, our growth and virtue. But that intentionality um, is, is a lot part and parcel of what the virtue of prudence is, where we look ahead and we make a plan, not expecting it to be the perfect plan, mm-hmm. not ever having or uh, even desiring or expecting to have perfect foresight, mm-hmm. but making a prudent plan for the next step and then running that and then seeing how it went. Yeah. yeah, if you're a hippie like me and you don't like hippie to be like tied me. down yes, like yes. Ske- in schedules, um, I'd really suggest looking into block scheduling. Um, there's this lady on YouTube I like, uh, Jordan Page. Mm-hmm. She's got this YouTube video on. 
She's like a big productivity person. She's got eight kids, which is more than I have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, she's got this video on block scheduling. Mm-hmm. But the block scheduling was helpful for me because yeah. it took the habits that I already have in the day. Like all of the time before breakfast was one block. Mm-hmm. And then breakfast like started the next block and then lunch and nap time started the next block for me and then preparation for dinner and then dinner started the next block for me. So that was better because those were habits that that were already in my day Mm -hmm. that I didn't have to like arbitrarily put together like from this time to this time. And if the kids mess this up, well, then I'm screwed and I have to move it (laughs) to like another block or another time slot in the day. Um, and that's easy just to make on a piece yeah. of paper even. You don't even have to have anything special for it. Yeah. Well, and again, we, there's all things we've heard of before, you know, schedules, routines, and to-do lists. Um, the, the key, though, is, again, recognizing that all of these can be – they can be idols on the one hand, but they can also be tools that we submit and we use for the glory of God. You know, one thing – another example of a practical thing that we really like, uh, there's this notion you may have heard of of the Pomodoro. And I think this – I think it was an Italian uh, – Guy, I can't. I don't have all the data here in front of me. He came up with this method called the, the Pomodoro technique, and what it is is he had a little timer, a little Pomodoro, that a little tomato, like a tomato, little tomato timer, you know. And what Italian. he would do is he would Pomodoro. he would set a twenty five minute timer, and he would work as long as that timer was going. He would try to work diligently and faithfully on his tasks, and when it got to twenty five minutes, then he would take consciously take a break and take a walk, whatever, and then regroup and come back and then continue his work, and it's. Sounds pretty simple. It is pretty simple. Um, but what you find with you, if you practice something like this is recognizing that sometimes we we find ourselves very frustrated and we procrastinate a lot because we're always thinking of the whole task or all the whole to-do list or this maybe the, not even a to-do list, the big jumble of, of of fears and concerns and anxieties that is my life. But um, part of the practice of the virtue of prudence is is bringing that that vagueness into concreteness making an actual list either again you know mentally or on paper or however however that is and then just getting started mm-hmm. you know and and again not worrying about necessarily getting through all of that because again that's god's business you know mm-hmm. but being faithful means no i i start and i be present and i do the best i can and then i see you know where it takes me something that took me years mm-hmm. of like fighting against the checklist to you mm-hmm. where i'd say like it's so frustrating because like these things that I, I write down this checklist and then there's always these items that I never, ever get mm-hmm. done and they keep getting moved, moved to the next day and the next day and the next day. And it's so defeating. And then some days I'm just like, I give up. I'm just not doing this anymore because <laughs> I, I can never get the big things done. Mm-hmm. So our friend Maya shared with me the other day, some mm-hmm. other ladies productivity YouTube thing. Yeah. But the, the, the problem was, I think, is that I was debt snowballing my lists. So uh, debt snowballing is like uh, start Dave, with the easy ones. Dave Ramsey, start with the easy ones. Uh, but instead she said, no, start with the one that will make you feel best for accomplishing it. And the other day when I had the freak out, I, I looked at the list and I said, which one would make me feel best for accomplishing it? And it was the dryer. Yeah. It was like making sure that our house didn't burn down from this dryer that's been doing this thing for two years. Right. And it felt amazing. And I got way more. And it, that is kind of the debt snowball yeah. because you, the point is to make you feel like I accomplished the big thing. Right. Well, another you notion flo- floating out around there, you know, amongst like productivity people is this notion of eat, eat the frog. 
Oh. And we've talked about that yeah. in our family. We do that at the dinner table. Well, we've with talked the kids. to kids about that. In the <laughs> sense of when you start your day when you, or when you make your to do list, you know, make a conscious. Because again, if you're doing this unconsciously, oftentimes you go, you gravitate to the easy stuff. Oh, I'll check. I know I need to check my emails. So I'll check my emails first. When maybe that's the thing you do first every day and it gets you all out of sorts and it just makes more work and you don't actually get to the things that need to get done. Mm-hmm. Well, the concept of eating a frog is like, we'll do the hard thing first. Mm-hmm. And this is such a great, again, especially if we connect this to our spiritual lives, you know, make it a sacrifice. Say, Lord, the first thing I'm going to do today is I'm going to attack that thing that I'm most intimidated by. That item on the to-do list that's been staring me in the face, I'm going to begin with that and I'm going to make it a sacrifice. I'm going to offer it up. But I'm gonna. It's a. It's a. It's a real conscious act of courage to do that. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a, an attack. You. You look at an obstacle. Mm-hmm. And you say, "I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw myself against this first. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Greg Vitaro talks about this as like turning towards the cross. Uh, yeah. Like when you're when you're in a moment with this stressor thing. Yeah. That instead of like trying to forget that it exists and flee from mm-hmm. it, I'm. You need to help me if I'm getting this wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like you turn towards the cross and you yeah. embrace it. Um, and I love my kids dearly, but I don't really like to be touched <laughs> by many people all the time, all yeah. day long. And so a lot of times I find myself doing that, you yes. know, like turn towards the cross, right. which is sadly like the hug of Well, my and again, that's, that's precisely what this, the, again, the exercise you described at the beginning. Uh, sometimes it's just, it's an exercise we need to go through of, of finally stop, stopping running and turn and mm-hmm. just say, okay, what are all the things that are worrying me? Because maybe we haven't been honest with ourselves about those. And certainly many times we haven't been honest with God about those. Mm-hmm. And when we finally turn and face them, okay, what are all the things that are bugging me? Sometimes we're afraid to face them because we really harbor this secret fear that there is no way out. They really will. But we have to challenge that because mm-hmm. that, that, that we've discovered in that this place where we've not let faith into mm-hmm. in our hearts. We've talked about this in other episodes, but yeah. s- sometimes I think that that fear yeah. is a fear that the world isn't a world of abundance, that right? God has yeah. not created a world of abundance. He's created a world of scarcity and you got the short stick. Yeah. You got the scarcity of whatever thing that stresses you out mm-hmm. and that it's just always going to be there. Yeah. I-, I hope that like that's making sense because... Yeah. Like if you look at your world as if it's a world of abundance, mm-hmm. then there's always a way to fix that problem. Yeah. And if there isn't a way to fix that problem, it will be easy to let go of and move past. Yeah. But if you're in a world of like, I like it's closing it on me. I can't accomplish anything. My sphere of influence is getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. So I'm just going to sit here yeah, it's amazing. and be paralyzed. It's amazing how these, these simple little things in our life, like to-do items on a list, especially ones that haven't actually been written down and really engaged with intentionally, that they connect all the way uh, up or down or back to the roots uh, in our in our hearts of whether or not we really trust that God is a loving, provident Father. Mm-hmm. You know, in Romans eight twenty eight, when he says... Uh, or when when the scripture writer says there that all things work together for good for those who love God. Do we really believe that? Mm-hmm. Or in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, when it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Mm-hmm. Do we really believe that? Mm-hmm. Because, again, we can say that we believe that, but then go live our lives as if it's just not true. Mm-hmm. And, again, um, to be a Catholic Christian means to be a person of reality. To be a person of prudence means to be a person who's always trying to turn and return, return, convert to reality. And 
the exercise of making a to-do list can be this act where we finally turn from our unreality, fleeing all these anxieties and cares, and turn and just face them. And hopefully face them, to, to attempt to face them with courage and with faith and with hope, because God is the Lord. And there's nothing that I can that, that he's calling me to that he won't give me the grace to uh, to bear. Uh, it may be difficult. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but he will give us the grace. And so it, we, again, this can be, we don't always think of it this way. We don't think of our productivity stuff and to-do lists and schedules as something like that, but we can consciously bring them up. We ought to, we must consciously bring them up into our spiritual life. They can be ways that we engage the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. We make a conscious choice, Lord, you are the Lord, you are provident, you are a good, good father, as the song goes. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to engage that by laying out my cares and then being attentive to your Holy Spirit as I say, okay, step one, I'm going to tackle this thing. Yeah. So something I want to suggest if you, you're you not married, you know, um, or maybe this seems like kind of overwhelming or you can't find solutions to these problems yourself, I'd really suggest that you... You look in your life for someone who you think makes good decisions, their life is going the way that you think you'd like it to go, your own life to go, um, and who seems creative, like somebody who just seems like they can look at a, at a situation. This could be somebody, this could be somebody on like your parish council, pa pastoral council mm -hmm. that you've noticed just always makes really good decisions, you know, or somebody you work with or a friend or... Um, maybe you have a spiritual director or something like that. Um, so find someone and maybe ask them if they, if, you know, like I'm trying to get out of this hump. I like, I need to make a to-do list of all the things in my life that I need to accomplish or that stress yeah. me out. And I would just love another pair of eyes to sit down with me. You know, like I'll buy you lunch. That's a great let's go out to lunch and, or yeah. let's go get coffee and we can sit down and look at this thing together. It's a great suggestion. Yeah. Uh, much of the, the life of virtue is about being, putting ourselves around virtuous people so they can rub, rub off on us. But another thing you made me think about there, Teresa, is the distinction between complaining to somebody and 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 sharing our problems with them to to ask their input and their advice and their prayer. Because there's a big difference there. Sometimes we, we've we noticed in our marriage, sometimes we complain to each other. But when I complain to you, <laughs> when I complain to you, I am specifically venting my feelings, but I don't want your input. That's kind of what complaining is most of the time. Like when we complain and somebody begins to offer us input, we're like, what the heck, man? I was just sharing my, you know, I'm like, don't try to give me advice. So complaining is oftentimes very different from that moment when we finally let down and we say, I need to tell you all the things that are bothering me because I need help. And I, and, I, and I do want input and I, and I do want help with these. I think both in our relationship to God as well as our relationship with our spouse or that trusted friend or, or mentor that we might share with, there's a different posture of spirit that we that we are in when we approach that person for counsel. And again, mm -hmm. we especially when we're going to another human being, we're not expecting perfect, easy, you know, cut and dry answers. But we really are, though, inviting that person into our into our struggle, into our hurt. Um, yeah, I mean, we're bearing it together with them, and we are we're, we are open that God might speak through them and might give us advice through them. So, any yeah, well, that's uh, some thoughts there about to do lists. Check, check. That was the last point I needed to make there. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, guess, I guess that's it. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Elevate Ordinary. Hopefully you've given you, you some, some thoughts to think, uh, some items for your to-do list. We'd love <laughs> to know your right. thoughts. We'd love to know your, your thoughts about, you know, productivity and to-do lists and notes and schedules and routines. Do you have a favorite productivity YouTube channel that but I can watch? Particularly, again, how you, you bring those, you draw those up into your life in Christ, how you draw those up into your life of, of, of building virtue, getting vice out of your life. Uh, how do you keep those things from becoming idols, becoming mere tools, but instead use those as tools uh, in your in your life of, of um, you know, fulfilling the vocation, the work that God's given you in your in your life. So, yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, once again, thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, as I said at the beginning, if you like what we're doing here at Awaken Catholic or on this show, Elevate Ordinary, please go to awakencatholic.org slash donate uh, to become part of the Awaken Nation, uh, helping us to share truth through beauty. And uh, uh, download the Awaken app at theawakenapp.io. Uh, it's the best way to follow Awaken Catholic content, content, but you can also interact with show hosts and other members of this community. Uh, and if you're part of that Awaken Nation that I mentioned, there's some uh, extra special stuff for you there as well. Finally, download the Hallow app uh, at hallow.app slash awaken. You get a free trial subscription of the Hallow uh, program, as well as it supports our ministry here. And it's, it's a great app, uh, again, uh, for things we were talking about here. As you try to bring order into your life, into a, a busy, crazy, hectic life, the Hallow app is a great little tool you know, to carve out a little moment of quiet to be with the Lord. So check that out. Once again, thank you for joining us for this episode of Elevate Ordinary. God bless. We'll talk to you next week. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow App. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.